You're listening to NBS Cast with hosts Rachel Edwards and Raquel Roberts. Welcome back to NBS Cast. I'm your host, Rachel. And I'm Raquel. And Raquel, today is a little bit of a different episode. We say that every once in a while, but I'm really excited because we have a special guest on that's going to talk to us about Black History Month. We have Aisha Smith. Say hello, Aisha. Hi, everyone. And Aisha, if you could tell us a little bit more about yourself so we could get to know you, things like what do you do for Nelnet? What's your position? That would be great. Sure. I'm an attorney on our corporate compliance team, and I've been in the Nelnet family for about eight years now. I started off at Great Lakes Educational Loan Services and then stayed on after Nelnet's acquisition of Great Lakes. What office do you work out of? I used to work in the Madison office, but now I live in Washington, D.C. and can, and can help a little bit with our government relations efforts as well. So this episode is about Black History Month since we are in the month of February. Can you let us know a little bit about Black History Month? Maybe give us some details about how it got started. Yeah, so it started, I think, in the 1920s and used to be Negro History Week. And it's obviously since expanded to, to be a full month. But the historian who kind of started Black History Month and, and Negro History Week and declared that our country needed time set aside to recognize the contributions and achievements of Black people in, in this country. His name was Carter G. Woodson. So that's at a high level how, how we got to Black History Month. It's obviously still going today and we're celebrating it, but it was really his efforts and his research um, and his conclusion that we needed to commemorate Black culture and Black history. So do you have any events in Black history that you would like to highlight as one of your favorites? Hmm, that's a good that's a good question. Okay, so when I think about my Black history events and probably what's most influential to me in my life, it'd have to be when schools were desegregated. And we know that that didn't happen overnight, right? A law passes and then it takes some time and some culture change and some perspective change for the desegregation to actually take place. But education is extremely important to me and my family. And we invest a lot of time and resource in education because we think like our belief is that it's a tool for economic growth and development. And so a lot of the educational opportunities that I've had you know, and that most people have had simply would not be possible without people deciding that schools not only needed to be desegregated, but that they needed to be equal. Yes, absolutely. Can you tell us a little bit more about what Black History Month means to you personally? You've shared one of your favorite moments, and I think it's such a great and important moment. But do you have any other thoughts that you'd like to share from that perspective? I think it's important to revisit history and to study history and celebrate it so that it doesn't repeat itself, right? So you think about Black History Month and the history of Black people in this country, it can be pretty easy to feel like we have come so far that we have no risk of going back to some of the things that we're not proud of in our history. And I I think that Black History Month presents a great opportunity to look at, again, not only the contributions and celebrate the things that Black people have done in this country to move it forward, but also look at and revisit and kind of lament 
what has happened in the past so that we make sure that we stay as far away from that as possible. Thanks for that reflection, Aisha. Can you maybe elaborate on what you feel some of the challenges still facing African-Americans today in America? Yeah, I mean, it's so funny because I think about history and desegregation of schools as my favorite moment, but there's still schools and resources for children that are disparate based on where you live or where you come from. We've seen a lot of violence in the media between police and Black people and people of color. We know that there's some economic disparity and continued efforts in some places to disenfranchise Black voters. And so I think that it's so crazy to even mention those things because, again, I think the perception can be that we've moved far from that and beyond that, but they're very much still issues that have probably just morphed and and look a little different than they might have in the past, but are still facing Black people today. Yes, absolutely. It feels like we've come far, but we have so much further to go. Yeah. So what are some great ways for us to recognize and celebrate Black History Month? So under normal circumstances, when, you know, it's safe to be in museums and out and about, it, I love to visit the local African-American History Museum. Most major cities have some form of a museum that is dedicated to Black history and culture. And then in D.C., there's a great one that the Smithsonian opened a few years ago. And so that's a great experience. I also recently watched a documentary on Dr. King called King in the Wilderness. And I think they did a great job of that kind of forward-looking and current perspective compared to some of the things King and other civil rights leaders faced in the 60s. There's no shortage of documentaries to watch on, on Black history and culture and Black leaders. Another good thing to do, read a book by a Black author. It could be fiction or nonfiction, but just thinking about the voice and the perspective of an African-American writer and experiencing that lens and celebration of the month is another good way to commemorate Black history. I love that. Do you have any suggestions on African-American authors? Hmm. James Baldwin is a good one. I'm thinking for kind of like iconic Black writers. A funny one that I read recently and I've, I've told people about throughout the company is Born a Crime by Trevor Noah. And they're interesting because you're not getting necessarily United States Black history, but you're getting the history and perspective of someone from South Africa. So that was interesting to me. I like reading Bell Hooks. She's a great Black author. Of course, Toni Morrison. She's a beautiful writer. Those are probably my, my favorites. I'll have to definitely check some of those out. <laughs> Expand my reading horizons there. When I was listening to your answer, I was just kind of thinking about Martin Luther King Day was just celebrated here. And the news sometimes has stories and they they show images from back when, like you said, segregation was still around. And my kids, they're in school. And sometimes they'll look at the TV with their mouths just wide open like, what? And they're just so confused. And they have all these questions about what was happening and, and did that really happen? And I have to explain to them, yeah. When your grandparents were your age, this and this was happening and they just can't believe it. So we've come a long way because my kids, they can't even imagine that happening. But still, it was in a lifetime. Like my parents are still alive and they're not that old. I just wanted to make mention of that. 
Don't be scared to explain these things to your kids because they have to understand where we came from and they have to understand how not to go back there. Absolutely. So let's take a little bit of a spin here. You mentioned that you've been with Nelnet for eight years as part of an acquisition. I'm so glad that you stayed on board. Can you give us a little bit of information about the diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives and goals that we have at Nelnet? Absolutely. So Nelnet Better Together came together end of 2019 when we started to think about what diversity, equity, and inclusion should look like at Nelnet. And throughout 2020, the committee has expanded and formalized its initiatives and its goals. And really what I'm most passionate about and why I agreed to co-lead this effort with Nikki Jones and Kelly McKeever is I've always felt welcome at Nelnet and I've always felt like I belonged. And it was really important to me to make sure that we had structures and processes and policies and resources available so that everyone felt that way, right? So that's what we're trying to do, make sure that Nelnet feels like home for everyone. And what that looks like is a mentoring program. It looks like unconscious bias training, the new e-learning library that our training team and that the corporate training team um, have, have launched late last year. It looks like associate resource groups that are going to come later in the year for people to network and think collectively about their common experiences. It looks like small group conversations. We're really proud of the small group conversation series that launched last year because it was an opportunity for people to kind of bring their full selves to work, right? 2020 was a crazy year, but the point is that it was important to us to make sure that people had a space at work to talk about the things that were really heavy on all of our brains because of what was playing out um, in the news and in our country and, and just feel accepted and safe doing so. And so that's kind of what we've been up to and what we intend to expand on um, the upcoming months. And we're really excited about it. I love all of those things that you mentioned, and I wish we could dive deep and talk about all of them. <laughs> But one of them that I wanted to highlight was the mentoring program with your group. So could you tell us a little bit more about how that mentoring program works, what it looks like, who's in it, and are there going to be more opportunities to sign up for that group in the future? Absolutely. So the mentorship program, it's created to increase and expand the leadership pipeline at Nelnet, increase diversity and expand the leadership pipeline. And what that means is, you know, a lot of Nelnet has no shortage of talent and wealth of knowledge amongst its associate pools. There are now 7,000 of us, right? How do we make sure that people feel connected and that they know how to navigate the company and get the resources that they need so that, you know, they can share their strengths with Nelnet for as long as possible? We were really fortunate to have executive management sign on to this initiative and ask that all directors and above participate in the mentorship program as mentors. And then along with that, we open enrollment for mentees once a quarter. And so cycle two is currently underway. You'll have an opportunity to enroll in cycle three if you haven't already participated in the program in about two months. And then you're enjoying the program. If you have friends and associates who have not yet participating, we hope you'll spread the word so that we can get as many people into and through the mentorship program as possible. 
Yes, I took advantage um, during the cycle one and I loved it. I learned so much. It was just nice to get out of my NBS box and have somebody from another division that I could talk to and throw some ideas back and forth with and just learn from. So I am ready to sign up again. That's awesome. So happy to hear that. Do you have mentorship relationships that continue past that quarter marker or is it a hard end? It's been great, but we have to move on and mentor somebody else. How does that work? Yeah, that's a great question. So so while enrollment opens once a quarter, your actual mentorship and your pairing lasts for six months. And at the end of that six months, if you are just having a great time with your mentor and you want to continue to meet with them informally, you're absolutely welcome to do that. But because our goal is to have as many people have access to this program as possible, we would ask that mentor to go back into the pool to be matched with another associate. I think that most people who are having a positive experience, you know, I'm hearing a lot of feedback that they want to continue to meet even after the program is officially (laughs) over. And so the committee is actually thinking through ways to keep those groups together, right? So for example, if If I've got a mentee in cycle one and a mentee in cycle three, eventually I'm going to accumulate quite a few mentees. Wouldn't it be great to get them together and have that as another source of connection because the program is working so well and people are benefiting from from having those relationships? And and even mentors are enjoying it. I'm hearing feedback that mentors are learning from their mentees, and that's certainly an unexpected and positive benefit from the program for me. Yeah, it's been great. Okay, so we've been having such a great conversation, Aisha. Can you give us any final thoughts on anything else you'd like to share about diversity, equity, and inclusion? I am so proud of Nelmet and the work that it's been doing. And in a lot of ways, they're ahead of the curve, the ways that we want to grow and develop our diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts. We will get there faster than we expect What's important when you're fortunate to work at a place like Nelnet and you're getting that growth and development on the job is to then share it with people who don't have that, right? So if you've got a family member or a parent or friend who is not celebrating diversity, equity, and inclusion the way that you get to at Nelnet, how can you have those difficult conversations? How can you expose them to a different way of thinking? What does it look like to expand the reach of what you're seeing in your day-to-day at Nelmet and other areas of your life? And that's the challenge I have for people listening. Yes. Thank you so much. I think that's such a great note to end on. How to take what we're learning here at the company at Nelnet and take that out into our lives. Aisha, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. We really appreciate your thoughts and your insight on this. It's been a great conversation. Yes, thank, thank you for having me. It's been great. Well, that was an awesome interview with Aisha, wasn't it, Raquel? Oh, for sure. Yes. Now we get to go into our book recommendation segment. And Raquel, I know you have a great book that you'd like to recommend to our listeners today. Yeah, I'm so glad we had that opportunity to speak with Aisha. In between the time of that recording and now, I was able to pick up one of the books that she recommended, which was Born a Crime by Trevor Noah. And I 
had never even thought about reading this book before. I think I may have heard about it in passing and I've seen Trevor Noah on TV. I wasn't really an avid viewer of The Daily Show, but I think I want to make a point to watch it now because I know his story. This book was written by him, of course, and it was about his childhood growing up in South Africa during apartheid. Now, I'm sure most people are familiar with what that is, but it's basically it was a policy of segregation and discrimination based on your race. So they were very strict about white people and black people and Trevor, his existence the union between his father and his mother was actually outlawed. That's where the title of the book comes from. But Trevor and I are about the same age, and I just can't even begin to compare my childhood to his. He has a great way of bringing humor into everything. I actually laughed out loud a few times when I was reading this book. I would definitely recommend picking this book up. It gives you a different perspective on something that you may have learned about in history class. Maybe it was like a chapter in your 10th grade history class, but getting that internal perspective from somebody who actually grew up through it it is just something that you can't get from school. I have a different perspective on racism, what apartheid actually was and what it did to people. And I recognize him as a comedian, but now I recognize him as something totally different too. I mean, he went through this. He grew up with this. There's a very traumatic event he kind of alludes to throughout the book, and it kind of is the ending of the book. I don't want to give too much away, but it's also about the relationship between him and his mother and his grandmother. And (laughs) I mean, it's... I would definitely either listen to it. I know you listen to it, Rachel, mm-hmm. as an audiobook, or just pick it up and read it. It's about 300 pages. The way he writes, it's a very quick read. So it's probably a weekend book for most people. So definitely would pick this one up. Yeah, I agree. I'm actually in the middle of it right now, listening to it on Audible. And you're so right. He's so funny. <laughs> so he talks about some very serious things. But with that sense of humor, it makes it a little more digestible. Yes. Because a lot of books like that are easy to walk away from because it gets so uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But with Noah, you're very comfortable listening to it. And yes, it's horrific what he went through as a child. But with that humor mixed in, it makes it so you can keep reading. And we were chuckling as Raquel was talking about his experiences with his grandmother and his great-grandmother. There's a really great story in the book (laughs) that I'm not going to spoil for anybody either, but it's worth the read just for that one story. Yes, for sure. (laughs) So now we're going to switch gears and talk about what we are loving right now. I would love to share, I am loving journaling right now. Ooh. I talked a little bit about bullet journaling in our first What We're Loving Right Now segment. This is not bullet journaling. It's something different. I'm talking about legit journaling. (laughs) I have never been a big journaler. I will do it for maybe a few days at a time and then put it down and walk away from it for months and never come back to it. I think it's because mostly when I was journaling before, I was really just recording my day's events and I wasn't going any deeper, reflecting, thinking about what happened that day and why I felt what I felt that day or why I said what I said that day. It was more just a recount of what I had done and said during the day. (laughs) 
Now I'm getting more into the motivation behind it, digging a little deeper, and I'm excited to journal every night now before I go to bed. So that is what I am loving right now. Raquel, what are you loving right now? What I'm loving right now, it's not as meaningful, I would say, as journaling, but my desk humidifier, it looks like a cactus plant. I got it on Amazon uh, last year, but I have been running it just sitting at my desk all day and I love it. It makes my nose not feel so dry, especially during the winter, especially during these negative temperatures that Lincoln has been having. I don't get shocked when I touch metal. My skin doesn't get dry and it just makes me feel like I'm doing something for myself. And the sound of it, it's very calming. So I'd recommend getting a desk humidifier, especially in the winter. It's just all around great. So that's what I'm loving right now. I love that it's in the shape of a little cactus too. (laughs) (laughs) That's adorable. (laughs) Well, just another huge thanks to Aisha for joining us on the podcast today to talk about Black History Month and what that specifically means to her. I know I learned a lot. Raquel, I'm sure you did too. Oh, yeah. Thanks for joining us today. We're really grateful for all of our listeners. Please keep listening and we will definitely catch you in the next episode. Bye.